Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. You know, when things go wrong, God is there for us. Genesis 3.15. When you screw up, He's always there. When you screw up the plan, he's always there. Genesis 3:15. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her your seed and her seed and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. They messed up in the garden. They messed up. God immediately came in with a plan. Immediately. So when you mess up, remember There's always a plan. You can always get back on plan A. Amen? Praise God. Turn to Ephesians 2.10. So God has chosen each of us to carry out his plan. You just have to remember it's his plan. Amen? For we are his workmanship. I believe Pastor Kendall read this last night. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained, before that we should walk in them. We are created unto good works. It means we have a purpose. Second Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in the body, done in the body according to the plan, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Genesis 1.26 And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. He said, let them have purpose. I'm giving them a job. He gave them a job right off the bat. Adam and Eve had purpose right from the beginning. God has purpose and we're made in his likeness. We're to have purpose too, amen? God chooses, and I love this, I love this. God chooses unlikely people to do his work. I personally love this. This is great, great news. If you've ever felt like I don't have anything to give, you know what? You're perfect. (laughs) You are the perfect person for him to use. And I heard a minister say this, and I wish I could steal it, but I can't. He said, it's not great ability, but availability. And it's so true. It's availability. Are you making yourself available or are you too busy? Are you too busy getting stuff done? We have to make it a priority. We have to be available to the Lord. We have to be available to listen, to seek him out, find out what he wants us to do every day. We have to be available. It's not great ability. It's availability. Amen. You know, great victories and battles are won every day by regular day-to-day people. It is available to you. And the thing that is so amazing about that, if you're someone who feels like, I got nothing to give, but you allow the Lord to use you, people will say, wow, I didn't think that person had it in them. People will notice it more than actually the guy who's super talented and can just do everything. People will see it. 
be like, oh, they could have never done that. They could have never got that job. They could have never got that house. They'll know it was God in you. And I love that. I love that. God's plan is the best plan. And that's one of his plans. It's to use everyday people. Man, God is so faithful. 1 Corinthians 1.26. And I hope you are writing these down so you can encourage yourself when you're alone, when you're in your private time with the Lord. Reminding yourself, because everyone has those days when you feel like you're nothing. You feel like I've messed up. All These scriptures will remind you, this, this is who you are and this is how God sees you. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world. Woo! The weak things of the world. To put to shame the things which are mighty. That is good, good news. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. God has chosen. He's got the best plans. He's so smart. He's so smart. We have to just let him be God in our lives and let him do it. Amen? Jeremiah 29, 11. We read this one last night. It's, it's an epic scripture. For I know the thoughts I think towards you. He's saying, I know. I have thoughts. You know what that means? He's thinking about you. He is thinking about you. I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. That future is the plan of God for you. And God is giving it to you. That's why you can claim it and say, I know, I know what God wants me to do. Even in the face of when you wake up that morning and you don't exactly know, you can claim that. I know God has given me a future. He's given me a task today. He's given me an assignment today. Amen. He chose us. Romans 12, 2. So, what if you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, how do I know the plan? If you don't know what the plan is right now, it's okay. Find those who do. That's what you're called to do now. And like I said earlier, it's a perfect way to be in his perfect will. Find people Find, get together, get in a local church, find Christians who are seeking out the same thing, to be used by God. Amen? Amen. Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove what is that perfect, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Like I said earlier, you can be in the perfect will of God. You can walk this out every day. Amen? Ephesians 1.18. So this is something that you can pray if you don't know. You pray this, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Don't let life distract you to where you're not taking this time 
to seek out what is God asking you to do today, what he's asking you to do this week. Pray this if you don't know. Proverbs eight seventeen. Listen, God, we live a life of faith. God is not going to put on a billboard and spell out to you exactly what he's called you to do. He's not going to do it that way. And it's better to know it now. Proverbs eight seventeen. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. We do have to do some seeking. We do have to do some spending time with the Father. Amen? Amen. He expects you to follow him and to seek him. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. We have a directive. We need to pray that our eyes, our eyes are open. Our eyes are open to his plan so that we're sensitive to hear. And we are to seek him and spend time with him to find out. Amen? Amen? Find out another way to know the plan of God. Find out what his word says. You have to know. And that's why it says, don't be conformed to this world, but renew your mind. If your mind is on what the world is doing 24-7, then you need to get your mind, like the Bible says, renewed to his word. You've got to shut that stuff off and get in his word. And then your mind will line up with your spirit man, the God part of you, the part that he created, the part that is sensitive to the plan. And you will begin to hear and you'll begin to know. Amen. So get into his word, get in church, do the basics. Super easy, walk in love. Find out where you can serve. This is a great way to start. Amen. And getting in his presence has all the perks. Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. He said he will show you the path of life. Get with him. He will. Claim these scriptures. Have yourself stirred up before you get in the presence of God. Amen? He will do it. So why don't people walk out the plan of God? Why? Well, one of the reasons that you may not walk it out, here's a couple of reasons actually that are not valid, but reasons that people think or use. And one of them is they feel like they're not equipped to walk out the plan of God. It's just not true. God does not call you to do something without equipping you. He doesn't ask you to do something that he hasn't already done himself and that he's not prepared to use you in. So you can't use that excuse. You are equipped. Another reason is, well, God changed his mind. And I messed up, and so someone else is doing plan A. Not true. The gifts and callings are without repentance. We have scripture for that. The real reason that you don't walk out the plan of God, and I'm just going to turn around and say this, (laughs) is because you choose not to. And there's reasons why people choose not to, and we're going to go over that. You you actively just choose not to. None of us want to be in that place, amen? So what's one big thing the enemy uses to convince you to choose not to. It's fear. It's fear. 
2 Timothy 1.7. And we've heard the scripture so many times, but I'm going to have a little bit of a different focus on it. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. It is a spirit straight from the enemy. But of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Fear is a spirit. It's a spirit that's assigned to stop you. It's a sign to stop you. Well, I'm not that special. Yes, you are. And the enemy knows it. He's assigned one on you. He's assigned one on you. And when I, earlier I said, God has given us authority in the name of Jesus. You have to use that authority. When you recognize it creeping up on you, you tell it to go in Jesus' name. You use your authority. But what I want to focus in on in the scripture is, I want to rearrange this, and it's still accurate. You could read the scripture like this. For God has given us, this is where I want our focus to be. God has given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Let's quit focusing. We focus so long on the fear part. Let's focus on what God has given us. It will help you. He's presenting three giant things for us to choose, choose once again, to focus on. Deuteronomy 30, 19. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. I have set before you life, death, blessing, and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose which part of the scripture. Deal with fear. But move on and choose to focus on what he's given you. Amen? We must be aware of the spirit of power and the spirit of love and the spirit of a sound mind to accomplish whatever the plan is for our lives. It's there to help you in your assignment. What does a spirit of power, love, and sound mind look like? Well, first of all, the word spirit in Greek can denote breath. And I love that. Because breath is something that's a part of us and that we cannot live without. We can't do without breathing. And Genesis 2-7, listen to this. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed. It's God's spirit. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. A part of a living being is having his breath and that spirit of God on the inside of us. That's who we are. It's who we are. Acts 17, 28. In him we live and move and have our being. We have his DNA on the inside of us. His DNA. His DNA. Stop looking at all the natural stuff. It's him. It's his spirit. When you got born again and you accepted Jesus as your Lord, his DNA was breathed on the inside of you. Now listen, I have a little bit of natural science here that I want to explain that I found to be kind of fascinating about DNA. The information in DNA is stored as a code made up of four chemical bases. And I'm going to skip what they are because I can't even pronounce them. So, 
Human DNA consists of about 3 billion bases, and more than 99% of those bases are the same in all people. We're all the same people. We're all the same. We deal with all the same stuff. We're not special. (laughs) We're all the same. The order or sequence of these bases determines the information available for building and maintaining an organism. Remember that. Building and maintaining an organism. Similar to the way in which letters of the alphabet appear in a certain order to form words and sentences. His DNA, a part of his is that, a part of him is that his, this, a part of his DNA is that spirit of power, that spirit of love, and that spirit of a sound mind. And it's available for building and maintaining you as you walk out the walk that you are meant to. Amen? It's available for building and maintaining. You just have to be aware of it. You have to stir yourself up. This is who you are. This is who you are. Called of God. You have, a, you have an assignment. I don't care who you are, where you work, what you've done. You have an assignment. God has something special, just handmade, tailored just for you. Amen? So what about this power? Now, first of all, power, when I looked it up in the Greek, you've heard it defined in the Greek as dunamis. Well, if you look up dunamis, it's a very old Greek word, and I love this. It describes the forward motion, attack, and power of an entire army. Meditate on that. You have that kind of power backing you up to do whatever he's asked you to do. You have dunamis power. You have the force of an entire army. And we're not talking just people. They have their guns. (laughs) They have all the weaponry. It's all the power. It's powerful. That's the kind of power that God has put in you. Amen? So a spirit of power, or I like to call it the DNA of power that's in you, uh, releasing the gospel releases the power. For Paul said in Romans, this is why he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. It's the power of God released. When you release the gospel, whether it's whatever he told you to do, that's releasing the gospel. If you're doing your assignment and you're doing what he asked you to do, and don't ever belittle what it is, never. Serving is a part of the gospel. And power is released, Paul told us. It is released in you when you walk that out. Amen? If you're going to run your race... And you're going to do whatever God's called you. You're going to have to have this power. And you're going to have to be aware of it. Turn to 2 Corinthians 4-7. But we have this treasure. He didn't say we have this item or this, we have this thing. He called it a treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. What you see right here, earthen vessel, a body. But there's a treasure on the inside. A treasure. A treasure is something people seek after. People hide. 
they, they hold on to because it's highly valued. Treasure, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. It's that power that he wants to work in us so everyone knows it's him. It's him. It glorifies him. Amen? So what about the spirit of love or the DNA of love? What about it? Romans 5, 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured. Listen, if it's poured into us, the love of God can be poured out. It has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The love of God, it's in our DNA. Whether you feel it or not, whether you've experienced it today, maybe this morning you weren't feeling the love. Maybe you got in a fight with someone this morning. We all deal with the same things. We're all people. Maybe you had road rage on the way here in your car. But guess what? It doesn't erase your DNA. It's in you. It's in you. Stir it up in you. It will maintain you and build you. Amen? We have that spirit of love. 1 Corinthians 14.1. Pursue love. Pursue it. That means you got to go after it. You're not going to feel like it sometimes. But it's always worth it. Listen, you always want to be on the right side of love. Always, always, always. Because it doesn't just affect other people, it affects you. It affects you and your family. Amen? Love is in your DNA, but you're going to have to go after it. And you're going to have to purpose to release it. You have to. So what about the spirit or DNA of a sound mind that he's given us? What about it? A sound mind is at peace. That is a sound mind. Let's look at Philippians. We looked at it last night. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. I don't even want to go further. I confess this probably every day. I am not anxious for anything. Nothing makes me anxious. And I say it in the midst of things that could make me anxious. Because that's when you're releasing that power. You're releasing what's on the inside of you. I will be anxious for nothing. That means nothing. Nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. This is, and listen, this is a formula here. So if you, if you weren't taking notes before, take them now. Because this is what you need to think on. You have to go further than just confessing that you're not anxious. God is so good and so faithful. He said, I have all this for you to think on instead of the things that make you anxious. We have so many people dealing with anxiety today. And medications, pharmaceutical companies are making so much money. And people, if they would know the truth, they could turn to the gospel. And it would help them and they wouldn't have to. I'm not down in medication if you need it. Because it's a lot easier to get in faith when you're not in pain <laughs> and you're not, in, you know, on struggle bus. So I'm not, I'm not anti-medication. So let me just make that clear. But God does have an answer. He has an answer. 
He said in uh, 4.8, Finally, brethren, well, let, let me go back. Let me read that whole scripture. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And then he said, meditate on these things. He said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, this is the formula. I like formulas. I'm a math person. I like formulas, and I like it just laid out plain and simple. The singles know me, and uh, the teenagers, they know me. I like that there's a thread out there called explain it like I'm five. I love it. It's so near and dear to my heart. I'm like, please, explain it like I'm five. I need that. I love it. I can get on board with that. Don't give me difficult stuff. (laughs) And God did that for us right here. I love it. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, because there's true things that aren't lovely. He covered all the bases. You can totally think on something that's true, that's icky, and that's gross. He says, don't do it. Make sure it fits the whole formula or it's not going to work. Is it true, but is it pure and lovely? These are the things you meditate on. Whatever things are of good report, good report. If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. He's given this to us to meditate on. Thank God. He has given us all the practicality, all the practical advice that we need. We are equipped. Amen? We have exactly what we need. So that was, all of that was under my heading of fear and how to approach it and how to deal with it. Now let's look at the second reason why you don't walk out the plan why you may not choose to. And Pastor Kendall talked about this last night. You plain give up. You just give up. You think it's too hard. You think you missed it, and now you think you're on plan B. And I read this earlier, Romans 12 too. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You can be in the perfect will of God. I cannot emphasize that enough. Do not, if you start to think, well, I'm on plan B, you're going to give up. You're just going to give up. You're going to feel like it's not worth it. You can be on plan A. Amen? So, you know, every January, people start New Year's resolutions. And they, you know, whether it's to lose weight or stay on a better budget with their money or quit smoking or quit whatever, And people go for a little while, they stumble, and then they quit. And as soon as you stumble, the devil, the enemy, is right there going to whisper in your ear, you might as well give up. You blew it. And I personally believe that's why most people quit whatever it is that they were trying to, um, you know, resurrect in their life or change in their life. The enemy will immediately come to you, immediately. And I I almost hate to talk about this, but I'm like, it's a personal example, and I'm going to share it anyway. 
So my, I decided um, November before last that I needed to lose weight. And I had tried so many times before. And basically, I would start out good, and then I'd have a bad day. And we all know what that looks like. It looks like cheesecake. <laughs> it looks like chocolate. It looks like a bag of potato chips. You said it, sister. <sighs> and here's the thing. As soon as I would stumble, the enemy's like, oh, you blew it. This is too hard anyway. You need that comfort food. And then I would be like, yeah, it's, I blew it. I don't want to go back to square one. I'm starting at square one. <sighs> I've blown it. And I immediately entertained what he said, fell into it, and then acted on it, and then quit. And I did that cycle over and over and over and over. And then this November, before the last one, I just woke up one morning and I was like, this is not who I am. It just hit me really hard that day. This is not who I am. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go after this. And when I stumble, I don't care. I'm going to keep going. I don't care how many times I stumble, how many bags of chips. (laughs) I'm going to stay on course. Bags of chips. (laughs) Cheesecake. But before, I was just like, gave up on it. And this time I said, you know what? I messed up. I screwed up. But I'm going to stay on course. I'm going to stay on this course. I'm not going to look at the scale for a few days. A little practical wisdom the Lord gave me, and it helped tremendously. But I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. And little by little, you know, it didn't happen overnight. Little by little, it began to work. And I began to get stronger over those things that, you know, I, would, I, had, I felt so weak in grabbing the whole bag of chips and eating it. I got stronger and stronger until I finally got to a place where I accomplished my goal. But this, this, this is just one aspect. You can use this in any area of your life for something that you need to change. Don't fall for the enemy's tactics when you stumble. Listen, there are men of God we still talk about today who stumbled, who stumbled and still accomplished what God had for them. Moses, he murdered a man. He murdered a man. He accomplished the will of God. When God showed up, and he's out in the wilderness tending sheep, and God showed up with that burning bush, he had a choice. Am I going to run away? Am I going to continue doing what I'm doing? Or am I going to turn aside and see what this is? He knew it was God. It was God getting his attention. He chose to say, okay, okay, let's do this. Even though he was scared. He was scared. He was terrified to speak. And he pushed on with all his mistakes and did what God called him to do. Abraham. Abraham. He messed up. The father of our faith. We still talk about him today. Thousands of years later, he messed up. And if you read his journey, when things got 
crazy, when he got scared over the Canaanites, may not have reacted appropriately. He kept his, he stayed on course. He kept his focus on God. It says he built an altar. He stopped and kept his eyes on God and worshiped. No matter what came up, he kept going on the course. And he, he did have a moment where he got off course and they went into Egypt and he lied about his wife. He had the hot wife. The super beautiful Sarah, I call her the hot wife. He was, everybody knew she was gorgeous and he was afraid. He fell into fear. He was afraid Pharaoh was going to take her for his harem and add him to his group of wives. So he lied about it. He didn't just on the fly because he was scared lie. Like a purposeful plan. He had a whole entourage of people with him. He told them to say the same thing. I mean, this was a well thought out sin. (laughs) Abraham did that. Did he accomplish what he was supposed to accomplish? There's people still fighting over today where they think, whether it's true or not, where he was going to sacrifice Isaac. Still fighting over that that rock in that piece of land today. He stumbled, but what did he do? He stayed on course. He kept going. Listen, the only thing the enemy's got is for you to agree with him. He can whisper, he can posture. Just don't agree. Don't yield to him. Don't yield to him. If he can get you to, he's got you. He will try to get you to give up in every way. Listen, stick to the plan of God. Whatever he's talked to you about, stick to the plan every day. Walk it out every day. It matters. It matters to you. It matters to your neighbors sitting in the chair next to you right now. It matters to your families. It matters to your children. It matters to your health. It matters. It is a part of our DNA to walk out the plan that he has for us. We have no choice but to be who we really are. Amen? Amen. No choice. Listen, get on board. Get on board with God's plan. It is not too late. It is never, never too late. And like I said, don't let the enemy tell you you're on plan B. You can always get on plan A. Always. I don't care. And remember Abraham and Moses, and there's many more in the Bible, who stumbled, but they stayed on course. Get on board with his plan and stay on board with the plan because you want to see the fruit from that plan. And we need to see the fruit from that plan. I need it. You need it. We need each other. Amen? At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.